This is Unconventional Knowledge, the podcast that takes a look at the information hidden below the surface. Each episode, we ask an expert to give us an insider's perspective on a current event. Today, military historian and counterinsurgency expert Dr. Federica Saini-Fazanotti looks at patterns from Russian involvement in Libya to predict how the war in Ukraine could evolve. If we think about uh, Libya and Ukraine, uh, um, the very, very first uh, impression, they have nothing in common. But if we look better, there are a few things that unite uh, those two sovereign countries. One of those is Russia, and not only for energy, meaning that Libya is absolutely interesting for one of the best uh, oil in the world. And uh, the same is, of course, uh, Ukraine, which is uh, very close uh, to Russia in terms of borders. And uh, so not only for energy, not only for grain uh, and export uh, in general, but above all is for their extraordinary geopolitical positions. One, Libya is uh, at the doors uh, of uh, Mediterranean uh, in, in North Africa uh, and in the middle of uh, the Maghreb. The position of the country is absolutely uh, fundamental for a, a nation like Russia, which has not uh, a Mediterranean fleet as the United States uh, instead. Uh, the other one, Ukraine, is uh, the, door of, the door of Europe in many respects and only the historical heart uh, of Russia. Russia is interested in these two countries because many, many reasons. But how to get the best possible result uh, with the least possible effort? Meaning, how Russia can have a real strong impact inside these two nations? One of the answered, uh, answers lies uh, in a group of contractors, a paramilitary hybrid named uh, the Wagner Group. Uh, the Wagner Group is not new for, for us. Uh, is, uh, let's say it's, it's a kind of uh, military contractors, uh, even though it's different in many respects. And it has been used since uh, 2014, first of all in Crimea and uh, so in Ukraine, and secondly in Africa. In Africa, above all, uh, this uh, paramilitary group uh, trained local militias uh, loyal to the ruling elites, took part uh, to the suppression of anti-government vaults, uh, protected critical infrastructures, and gave security services to the political, financial, let's say, local uh, elites. So Moscow, even though, of course, Lavrov, Mr. Lavrov, the Minister of Foreign Affairs in Russia, and Mr. Putin, uh, although they say that it's not true, they could secretly played members of illegal, these kind of illegal uh, formations. Illegal because in Russia they are illegal. Let's say the core, the very important turning point uh, uh, year is 2014 for uh, the Russian military groups like this one, the Wagner Group. When the West adopted sanctions against uh, Russia for the aggression against uh, Ukraine. And so the tactics are two, let's say, when Russia deals with this kind of African countries. One is official, so through 
its political leadership uh, at uh, its ministries. And we have seen something very similar during the trip of uh, Mr. Lavrov uh, in Africa in the last weeks. And the other one is uh, unofficial through units like uh, the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group is also active uh, in Libya. It has been since probably 2018, but for sure in 2019 during the third civil war. And it's, it, it is also active in other African countries like the Central African Republic, like Sudan, Madagascar, Guinea, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and now also in Mali. So in common, these countries have, first of all, sociopolitical instability and uh, very important natural resources. And uh, as I said, geopolitical interests, because they are fundamental to constitute uh, a kind of sphere of influence for uh, Moscow. And the scheme is always the same. The officials of the Kremlin reach an agreement uh, with the local African leadership to give covert military support and in exchange, they receive concessions uh, to natural resources or uh, ports or, uh, let's say, important uh, locations, let's say, inside the country. So this is modus agendi, the way of action of uh, the Wagner Group and the Kremlin. Because the Wagner represents, in many respects, an, uh, an extension of the Kremlin ambitions filling that zone, let's say, gray zone between war and peace. In the last decade, so we have seen them operating not only in, uh, in Europe, in Ukraine, but also uh, in, uh, in Africa and sometimes in the Middle East. And this is why, you know, there is, there is an idea that of some top uh, Russian leader that in some chessboards, it's better to use private contractors able to influence people in different ways. To get the best result, it's um, better to do that in secret. Uh, we cover operations. And uh, so Africa is a perfect uh, chessboard. And by the way, it has always been a priority for Mr. Putin, who through his ministries and officers and so on signed military agreements with more uh, than 19 countries uh, in Africa. But let's say, how do they do that? In which way they do that? They follow a fundamental rule in the military uh, Russian history, which is the strategy of deception. So they use disinformation, they use deception, and they reach chaos to assert control over you know, the adversary. And in this case, the adversary is uh, the West and above all the United States. So for Putin, it's a win-win proposition. He boosts uh, old alliances, creates new ones, and uh, projects Russian power beyond Russian borders without using official ways. This is the way of, uh, of acting in, uh, in Africa. And we have seen this uh, very clearly in, uh, in Libya, for example. 
But uh, I think uh, that the more the war in Ukraine will go on, the more we will see the presence of this kind of contractors also in Ukraine. They have already been there, probably also in Bucha, but they will be used more and more often in the Ukrainian chessboard, I guess. Because I don't think that the war will remain regular as we have seen until now. The war will have a kind of metamorphosis and uh, will uh, be transformed more in uh, in a kind of irregular war it's it's very difficult that the two armies can go on like this for months and months sooner or later something will change uh, on uh, on the terrain and uh, the presence of this uh, military group uh, will make probably the difference in in some way And plus, uh, we have to remember that uh, Russia is in difficulty right now, that uh, to, to, have, uh, to win in, uh, in, a regular, uh, in a regular conflict, you need at least uh, one man for, you know, to, for one man. But if we go on uh, the urban war fight, we would see that the number grows uh, to five, so one to five. And uh, in a direct amphibious ass assault, for example, is one to seven. But in an insurgency is one to ten. So Russians will need lots of men to, to try to block uh, and to contain what will happen in the next few months uh, in Ukraine. And uh, the Wagner Group uh, will be for sure one of the tools, uh, the armed tools used uh, by, uh, by the Kremlin. I hope this explanation from Dr. Sani Fazanotti gave you a clear idea of how the invasion of Ukraine could progress in the near future. For more on this topic, please check out our website at gisreportsonline.com or follow us on social media. Music